0: to foul puck a podcast about sports ball for the rest of us unlike other sports podcasts we talk about sports without assuming you out there listening to us know everything there is to know about big air or pipe dragons today we are continuing our series on the winter olympics with freestyle skiing um and our regular baseball (laughs) friend rachel is going to tell us yes uh is going to tell us all about freestyle skiing so, Rachel, take it away for us. Okay, well, first question. What is freestyle skiing?
1: And I, I hope you, you're
0: answering that for us. <laughs> <and not. laughs>
1: it is Pop the same quiz. thing as free skiing, jibbing, or hot dogging.
2: Oh, jibbing. boy. Yep. Hot dogging? <laughs> hot dogging. I think that's right. something else entirely. Yeah. <laughs> I do, that, too.
0: Yeah, you know. Uh, We're going to save that for pay, for
2: uh, <laughs> p- uh, Foul Pug After Dark. <laughs> yep, yep.
1: Different thing entirely. Okay, so... Uh, freestyle skiing is basically various types of acrobatics whilst on skis. Um, so from what we know, ski acrobatics dates back to about the 1930s. Um, there were some early competitions in the U.S. in the 1960s, so it's a, a kind of a
0: homegrown sport here in North America.
2: Yeah, checks out. Um, acrobatics on skis, yeah. Americans yep. would come up with something like that.
0: I'm actually, I'm surprised at how early it started. You said the 30s? Yeah, mm-hmm. I would have
2: guessed like the 60s or 70s. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, competitions weren't taking place until
1: the the 60s. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first official training program opened in New Hampshire in 1969. Hmm. And uh, it was only from there, only 10 years till it was recognized by the International wow. Ski Federation. Uh, yeah, in 1979. So I thought that was pretty quick. Um, okay, so freestyle skiing at the Olympics. Um, all the events have men's and women's categories, though there's a new mixed team event in aerials. Uh, Overall, uh, Canada and the U.S. are tied for the most medals, (laughs) Uh, but Canada has more golds. 12 golds versus the U.S. Mm -hmm. is nine. Bastards. So the first ever uh, freestyle skiing event uh, demoed in 1988 in Calgary. Um, Then just four years later, moguls became the first official event in 1992. Aerials were added in 1994, ski cross in 2010, half pipe and slope style in 2014, and um big air and slopestyle in twenty eighteen. Okay, the may they maybe the event kind of morphed because some of these events I'll get into it in a minute, but big air and slopestyle are kind of the same thing. Mm. Um okay. So we'll start, we'll go uh through these events as they were added to the Olympics. So moguls. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um this is essentially a single timed run down a bumpy course. Yes. Um so moguls are they form naturally on an ungroomed ski slope um, because of how skiers turn and slow down. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, skiers tend to follow existing paths in the snow. Mm -hmm. Um, So you'll actually see them on double black diamond or bowl courses, um, which are the hardest ski courses. They're usually found way up at the tops of mountains in kind of inaccessible locations. Often they can't be groomed by the usual, I don't know if they're Mm -hmm. actually called snow Zambonis, but that's what I'm calling them. (laughs) Because they can't get the machinery up there to groom them, so it's just whatever forms, forms. However, uh, for racing courses, moguls are formed uh, artificially to be, you know, approximately the same uh, size and distance apart. About uh, three and a half meters apart. Courses are usually 200 to 270 meters long. um, And they're usually two jumps within the... uh, the, Track of the course to allow the skiers to show off. I wrote. <laughs> um, so while speed is a part of it and you are timed, um, it's actually a smaller part of your score. Scoring is only 15% speed, uh, 25% oh. those two jumps that you do, and 60% your turns on the way down. Mm-hmm. So there are judges mm-hmm. um, judging your turns around the moguls. Because <laughs> uh, what I didn't understand as a kid going skiing, uh, you're supposed to go around the moguls.
2: Yeah. Not oh, over the mogul so that
1: your your teeth clack together? Yeah, no. <laughs> but it's more fun
2: if you go over them. But, but that's so, what
1: I always
0: said. So when you say around, like, mm-hmm. I feel like what I watch is them, I mean, they don't go over the top of the mogul, but they're still like, there's still a very much like bouncy up and down motion.
1: There's a bit of that, but it's it's more like a side to side. Motion, okay. because you want to, and they kind of judge you on kind of keeping your head and upper body facing, mm-hmm. pointing downhill, and then and um, relatively your legs still in
2: space, yeah, and your yes. legs go back and, and
1: your forth, legs yeah. kind of curve as your skis are going around the moguls, but your your upper body's remaining relatively still. Okay, okay. Uh, turns should carve and not skid. Your pole plants, because poles are usually used on mogul events, uh, should be light.
2: Mm.
1: Okay, so that's moguls. And the next added was aerials, which you may confuse with ski jumping because it is both, uh, jumping and being on skis. Uh, (laughs) However, it's different. Um, okay. So here it's a
2: clarification.
1: (laughs) Well, again, it's a single jump. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but you know, if, if they do flips in the air, they're doing aerials. If they don't, it's just ski jumping. Or very bad aerials. Yes. (laughs) I don't believe they use V style in, uh in aerials (laughs) not
0: intentionally
1: anyway nope um so here the jumps are about two to four meters you can get up to like six meters in the air um then so you go down a little ways you get a jump and then you land on a flippy flip 34 to 39 degree slope yep um so the most difficult jumps currently uh being done are triple flips with four to five rotations dang um so yeah so um,
0: tr- uh, a flip is head around, head over feet. Yeah. Yes. And rotation is, is a twisting. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, okay. I so- mean, I think those I think those hand motions were really important. So I apologize that yeah, mm-hmm. our
2: listeners it is a visual <laughs> medium. Yep. <laughs> yeah. All three of us gesturing at once.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So some of the same. Um, I didn't get into the terminology here, but you know, it's it's somewhat similar to. Um. Uh, various other jumping events, you know, where you're going to see the flips and the rotations, and um, obviously half flips are not. Unlike diving, you're not going to see any half <laughs> here, yeah, not, not intentionally, ones. <laughs> because a half would be, be a head landing. And um, you're pretty much going to see people entirely straightened out. They don't tuck for these when they're on. Hmm. Oh, you, well, okay. usually I should say I think there are there are in some. I'm not sure if aerials you'll see because yeah. I no, don't I think know. You're that, right. Now that I'm The grabs factor into the the aerials. They factor into Mm -hmm. some other jumping events, but I don't know that they do in aerials. Um, So here your scoring is uh, 20% for your takeoff, 50% the tricks you do while you're in the air, and uh, 30% your landing. And of Mm -hmm. course, like with most other flippy events, the degree of difficulty for your tricks is factored into your final score.
2: Mm -hmm. Stands to reason.
1: So that's aerials, a single jump. Um, Okay, then we get into Ski Cross, which is a combination of skiing and motocross. So it's a little bit like a downhill obstacle course, kind of. Um, I don't actually jumps. know
2: what motocross is.
1: It's doing that, but on a bike or a motorcycle. That's the one that's Is this like, like, like the, the thing we
2: saw at the Highland Games, Rachel?
1: Um, I mean, that wasn't really
0: a single jump.
1: Motocross, I think, is a course. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, So here,
0: if, if anybody listening is an expert in motocross, we would love to (laughs) talk to you about that. You can tell us what it is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, So ski cross is the only one that's judged solely based on time of the five Mm. uh, freestyle skiing events so that you're solely trying to get to the end of the course uh, in the fastest time. Uh, There will be both natural and artificial features of the terrain to navigate um, and I look forward to watching this one. I don't think I've ever seen it, and I would really like to. It sounds really interesting. I don't think I have either. Okay, from there we go on to the half pipe,
2: uh, mm. where
1: you're skiing from one end of a U shaped run to the other, doing multiple jumps along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think most of us have probably seen a half pipe. It is yeah. what it sounds like a long U shaped carved in the snow. Um, I thought it was interesting. I got a little bit into the history of this. So the uh, first snow half pipe was a natural land formation discovered uh, not far away from us in the Bay Area in Lake Tahoe really? by two oh. Lake Tahoe locals who were looking for a place that, because snowboarding in the uh, the 70s was just getting going. And mm-hmm. um, ski resorts would uh, kick snowboarders out. They didn't allow snowboarding,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, both because it's kind of a classist thing. And also, just coming from someone who skied, you got a bunch of, like, Teenagers trying to imitate the X Games in front of you when you're just trying to ski down a hill.
0: It's kind of a pain in the ass. So yeah, I, mean, I was going to say <laughs> that like kicking snowboarders out, that didn't stop in the 70s. That went well <laughs> clear
1: through the 90s. No, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But at this point in time, there was, you know, nowhere to, right. to do no it. They, they didn't, didn't have anywhere to any play. So they discovered this um, natural land formation near Lake Tahoe. And um, so locals started flocking to it and using it. And eventually, skiers began trying it, too. Hmm. Um, but uh, half-pipes were difficult to construct in the beginning. Um, because, you know, the obvious, the snowpacking machines that they use, not made for curved surfaces. Yeah. <laughs> kind of shooting for flat there. So, um, uh, half-pipes, they, they were difficult to construct until a mechanic named Doug Waugh constructed a machine called the <laughs> Pipe Dragon
0: in 1991
1: <laughs> that could finally so groom much. a curved slope. So Wait, now, question.
0: Yes. Is dragon spelled D-R-A-G-O-N or D-R-A-G-G-I-N?
2: G-O-N.
1: <laughs> I can't decide if that's cooler or less cool.
2: Is it required I that all of them have dragons painted on the side of them?
1: If it's not, it should be. hmm And I mean, this is, you know, X Games kind of stuff we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Surely somebody has painted a hopes. dragon on the pipe Or dragon. at least flames. Yes. Yeah, like
2: something. Dragons breathe Scales. fire, right? Some of them
1: anyway. Okay, so now just about every ski res- major ski resort in the country now has a half pipe. Hmm. Um, all right, now for this event, um, skiers use what's called twin tip skis. They are symmetrical front to back, um, so they have that kind of curved tip on them on the back <laughs> as well, <laughs> because they're doing a lot of landing and then subsequently skiing backwards. So you'll see That's a lot horrifying. of horrifying. Yep.
2: Yes. Uh, (laughs) yes it is that's correct
1: (laughs) yeah and um yeah yep so (laughs) again you see a lot of uh flips and twists this time I know for sure that grabs start to come into it Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. so I'm not quite sure exactly you know what kind of came first that the half pipe on on snowboards or skis like was it kind of whether the discipline was developed first for one and the other, but you'll see a lot of pretty similar tricks. Um, and grabs start to come into play. So essentially where a skier jumps up, tucks their knees and is able to grab mm-hmm. onto the ski with one or both hands. You see hands. a
2: lot of this in snowboarding. Yes.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I, I tend to think of as a snowboarding ski thing that is also done on skis here, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I learned to ski and I'd never learned to snowboard. So it may just be a me thing. Okay. Um, Then finally you have a big air uh, also known as slope style um, because uh, this is a, this is a freestyle course. So it's like the one we watched in skateboarding in the the summer Olympics. If you saw that Mm. it's kind of a similar thing, you got a lot of jumps and ramps, but you also have things like rails
2: um, other features And they do this on skis. I didn't Mm -hmm. know this existed for skiing. I thought this was only a snowboarding thing. Yep, it's um,
1: first in the Olympics in 2014 (laughs) or 2018. Uh, I'm not entirely sure. Oh,
2: interesting. But,
1: yeah. So it's relatively new in terms of, you know, international competition. I don't know how how old it actually Mm -hmm. is. But, yeah. Um, So judges are basing the scores for your various routines on uh, amplitude. So height of your jump, the difficulty of the skill. Uh, execution obviously uh, the variety of skills you're able to show. Um, I'm not sure what the the time uh, limit is here. I, I didn't look that up. Um, but progression throughout the routine. So you know are you getting your...
0: progressively more difficult? Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, combinations of skills put together and overall impression. <laughs>
0: And it's not subjective at all. No,
1: definitely not. And some, <laughs> I, don't, I hope it's not in the Olympics, but some are talking about like personal style gets taken into account, which is kind of oh, weird wow. to me. Yes. Um, so there are four main categories of tricks here. You got spins, which is just spinning in the air. Um, grinds, which is sliding your skis against an edge. So it's like if you were on a skateboard and you, you would grind the mm-hmm. actual body of the skateboard and not the wheels against the edge. hmm Uh, Grabs like I was talking about and, of course, flips. All right. So freestyle skiing at the 2022 Olympics is 13 events in five disciplines from February 3rd through the 19th. Okay. So some athletes to watch. Um, For the women's halfpipe, a Canadian named Cassie Sharp is coming in with a lot of recent international wins. Um, But there is a 17-year-old Chinese uh, skier named Eileen Chu who could be competition for her. Um, the men's half pipe is set up to be an American showdown. You've got the reigning champion, David Wise, and a newcomer with the unfortunate name of Aaron Blunk. And then finally, women's ski cross favorite is, uh, Sweden, Sandra Naslund. Yep. All
0: right. That's awesome.
1: So those are just some interesting events for you to watch. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This is one of the ones that like, I don't actually, I tend not to care if I understand them because yeah. it's just so it's very visually
1: interesting yeah
0: yes yeah mm-hmm. yeah well thank you rachel for giving us that little primer on these events um and as always if you have things to tell us about or or you want to talk to us or follow us on the social medias <laughs> we're on instagram at foulpuck podcast and on twitter at foulpuck pod and our website is foulpuckpodcast.net
1: all right and i would like to thank joe for editing this into some semblance of cohesion and for uh, Kevin McLeod at com for our music.
2: And I would like to encourage you to check out the rest of our Winter Olympics mini if you have not already. We've got a whole bunch of these uh, for your listening pleasure as the Winter Olympics go on. And uh, as you enjoy them, go ahead and uh, find them on our Twitter, and give them a retweet, or tell your friends about them, and then go to the podcast listening app of your choice and leave us a uh, five-star rating and uh, a review if you feel up to it. We would really appreciate it.
0: And Thanks for listening. And uh, I hope you enjoy our other episodes about the Winter Olympics. And we'll catch you next time on Foul Puck.